Welcome to Elevate Your Life and Soul. I'm your host, Marla Kennedy, life coach, mama, and spiritual soul seeker. Each week, this podcast will bring you interviews, stories, and mentoring so you can truly know your value, know your worth, and elevate all areas of your life. Let's rise together. Welcome to episode 11. In this episode, I speak to my amazing friend, Jeanette Mundy. So Jeanette and I studied together. We studied ontological coaching and she's now on, is a coach on a mission to support women to be the leaders they were born to be. I love this episode. It is so incredible. Jeanette just is, has so much wisdom and she's just released this amazing book called detoxing from good girl syndrome which is what we jam on we talk about what that means and letting go of the shoulds and really owning who you are it was such a beautiful conversation and I can't wait for you to hear it so let's jump in hi Jeanette thank you so much for being here um how are you I'm really great thanks Marla thanks so much for having me yeah, it's great to have you. Um, and before we jump right in, I just wanted to ask you, how do you start your day? Oh, well, it varies, to be honest. Um, it does vary. I really like to get up and spend at least an hour doing things for myself. So whether that's, you know, and that obviously that involves breakfast as well. So over that time, over the hour or the hour and a half, sometimes two hours, depending on what time I get up, I'm doing things that serve me because working from home, it's you're in your own house when you're all the time. So you, it's really difficult to separate from home between, you know, between yourself and work. And so for me, that time in the morning is that time where I can ground myself, yeah. bring my attention to the day and what I would like to achieve out of the day. Um, I will often walk and while I'm walking, I'll listen to either some YouTube or medit or, you know, might even come home and do some meditation. I'm not somebody that has a particular structure around it and that works for me. Mm, yeah no I agree I like the flexibility and stuff when I start my day so I totally resonate with that um and what compelled you so um you're a coach on a mission to support women to be the leaders they were born to be um and what compelled you to become a coach oh well that's a good question and a big question because I started off my journey as a counsellor and the reason why I went into counselling was because I had witnessed some some things as a teenager some abuse that had happened to some children that I was teaching swimming to and it really shaped my whole way of looking at the world and but I also knew that these children were going through abuse and so were their mothers their mothers had been terribly abused and one of them unfortunately had been killed at the hands of an abusive partner so while I don't particularly don't don't particularly work with women who have been abused, I all I saw that if potential there was a huge potential that if women were 
empowered, if they really trusted themselves from their heart and soul, then potentially we could circumvent some of these situations and we might be able to even create some beautiful leaders in the young boys that they're bringing up. And I thought of it from a real um, community perspective, actually. Mm. That's how I usually think. I, I'm don't, I don't think about a one-person perspective. I usually spread myself far and wide and think, how do, how, what do we need to do? What's the mess and what do we need to do to change the world? Mm. So... From counselling, something was missing for me in that and I couldn't figure out what it was so I went and became a counsellor and started counselling and I was at the time I was actually working in organisations as well. I was working in an organisation where I was their learning and development manager because I've got a learning and development background um, and one day it was a really good job, a really good solid job. And I was earning pretty good money out of it. I was in a management role and I was responsible for helping people to be better trainers and better people. And so there was coaching involved there. And then one day I pulled over to the side of the road on the way home and rang my sister and I said, look, there's something that's just missing from this for me. I'm not doing what I'm pulled to do. So I felt it in my heart and soul first. And then I said to her, I think I need a coach because I've, I've got to figure out what I want to do with my life. And it's not counselling. Counselling isn't giving it to me. It's something more and bigger than that. Mm. So I got a coach and this particular coach is now my dear friend. Mm. And um, I did some research around the approach that her, that we both undertook and you did too. So ontological coaching. Mm -hmm. and decided that was the thing for me. That was the missing link because what it did was it gave me a bigger picture of what the world looked like in terms of how you have shaped your way of being in your reality, you know, over the years in terms of your, your history, mm. where you've come from, the narratives that you were born into and so forth. So that's, that's what led me there. Beautiful. Amazing. Um, and what is your mission? So apart from supporting women to be the leaders that they were born to be, that's the biggest part. That's the overarching mission. Mm. Um, because I have always believed that women have something incredibly special. And, and one of the things that, that we have been led to believe over the years is that we must just do everything by thinking with our head. And that doesn't really work for us. We have got an intuition. We have got a heart and soul. And women have can lead from their heart and soul. So part of my mission is to help women to tap into that intuitive self, their intuition, which is really sitting within them that they potentially have ignored all these years or have never really known how to access. Because it's from that that they can fully start to trust themselves in the world, when women can trust themselves, what can they do with that? They can do amazing things. They can change their whole outlook of the way of looking at life and, and where they would like to go. So my mission is to enable women to really emerge out of that cocoon that might have been protecting them. Mm. And that to, to be able to come out of that cocoon really having that inner wisdom that is actually already within them. 
So I teach them to, to communicate with their body and soul. Mm, I love um, that. Yeah, so that they can do whatever they want, get the freedom that they yearn for. Yeah, and so when you talk about trusting themselves, what's, say, one thing you could do to get closer to trusting yourself? Trust is, is, is something that a lot of us miss. Mm. And it's because we're actually, we don't really know how to read our intuition. We don't know how to really um, connect the dots between what our brain is telling us what our emotions, what emotions we're feeling and what our soul is showing up to us. Mm. So what I, what I invite people to do is to really have a think about themselves from the perspective of how they trust themselves in the world. So sincerity for a start, how sincere are you? If you're doing what you're called to do or if you're feeling into um, some sort of mission, then all you need to do is sit down and look at how sincere you are. What do you really feel about what it is that you want to do? Are you really on the right path? And if you're feeling into that and, you, and it comes to you that, yeah, this is the right path, then you know in your heart and soul that you're sincere. And if you just have a think about it, if we looked at a scale of naught to 10, 10 being the highest, naught being the lowest, then look on that scale, where are you in sincerity? Mm. And so if you're a five, for example, if you come up as a five, that can help you to see, radio. If, I feel, if I'm feeling like I'm a five right now, then something's missing. Yeah. There's something that's not quite right in my life or I'm doing something that's a little bit out of attunement to mm. where I want to be or what I want to be doing. So this is, that is essentially the first element of trust is sincerity. And when women do that and they really sit with that feeling, then they can say to themselves, right, I know that I am on the right path and nothing can waver me from this. But if you can't feel that, then you've got to dig a little bit deeper and say what's missing for me here. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And that's such a beautiful practice to do. It's so useful. Um, and now you've released a book. So tell yeah. me about that. Yeah. Yeah. I've released a book. I mean, my goodness, this is, I'm a co-author. So yeah. um, around about four years ago, I met, my co-author, uh, Laura Laliva, met her in a, in a Facebook group, actually, and I posed this really provocative statement, which was, what do you think about this? Women must be everything to everyone, and that means they've got to suffer. Mm. Well, the thread of that went on for, four, for 24 hours, kept going, and women were coming out of the woodworks agreeing and giving their own perception and their own interpretation of what that meant, and Laura was one of the women that did that. And so we formed a friendship. And what we realised was that we both had the same mission, was to really help women shift from feeling like they're always having to always people please, putting others before themselves, feeling guilty when they put themselves first, lacking in confidence, feeling like they'd lost themselves, 
and always striving for perfection. So we were seeing these patterns over the years. And so we knew that we had the same sort of mission. So we decided, well, let's write a book. Now, it's easier said than done. You can say, let's write a book. But eight months later, and a lot of conversations and a lot of hard work, we, we, came, we, we finally produced a book. The reason why it's called Power in Your Pocket, Detox from Good Girl Syndrome, Syndrome and Rebel from a Life of Shoulds, is because we, um, we knew that in the, early 18, in the early 1900s, the suffragettes were a group of women who really rebelled against not being able to vote. So they, they were the ones that really gave us the rights to vote. Mm. And at that time, men wore pockets and they removed pockets were removed from women's clothing by men by the way yeah right. now yeah we're not resentful about that but it's just something we need to notice okay they removed them because men carried the important things because men were more important than women wow so the, i know it's incredible so these women what they did was they decided that they would sew pockets into their clothing and they did that and they put their pamphlets into their pockets, and then they campaign for the right for the rights to vote. So that's why we call the book "Power in Your Pocket," because we truly, truly believe that all women can have the power in their own pockets. That's they can actually, yeah, it's an analogy. Yeah, I love it. It's such it's so interesting to know that history as well, because I wouldn't have had any idea about that. Um, and yeah, it's a beautiful analogy. I really love it. Um, so we, so yes, we wanted them to be able. Sorry, before I go on, we wanted them to be able to detox from that good girl syndrome of people pleasing, putting others before that themselves, feeling guilty when they put themselves first, etc. We wanted to give them a book that could enable them to work through it and and literally start to change the way they think feel and take action mm. so, that's so it's so it's like a step-by-step kind of approach to working through all these things yeah so there's loads of there's loads of um obviously it's a self-help book and at the end of each chapter so we give lots of great information and um and analogies and case studies and then at the end of each chapter we've got um power actions for them to do so because it's power in your pocket it's power actions yeah um key points and so forth so yeah it's really user friendly oh i love that and so good girl syndrome that would cover those things like the shoulds and yeah yeah definitely yeah mm. yeah um and so how have you say for overcome like the shoulds because that's a big one I think what's one thing that you've done to kind of move forward from letting them control your life well I was full of shoulds because and I think many of us are and the reason that we are is because we've other people have got expectations and they place their expectations on us and sometimes we take on those expectations. So one day I remember thinking, oh, I mean, this is, this is shoulds, you know, why am I always saying shoulds? 
shoulds is the language of obligation, according to Alan Siler from Newfield Institute, who did our course, who was yeah. our mentor. Um, and so for me, it was actually just that one defining moment where I recognised that in my language, I was always saying I should. And it was linked really closely to the mood of anxiety. So if I didn't do something, if I didn't complete something, if I didn't um, follow through with something, if I, if I um, you know, I had all these judgments about what I wasn't doing or what I should do. Mm. And I, what I did was I had to tune into my language, but also not just my language, but how that was playing out in my emotions and body what was the emotion that was attached to that and for me it was anxiety and anticipation of what would happen if I didn't do what I was expecting myself to do and I would come up with all these analogies of this catastrophizing oh my gosh you know life would be just awful if I didn't follow through and and then I really felt that in my body I felt that in my solar plexus a lot and in my heart chakra, that that's where my should set. So um, I'd been like that most of my life. I'd grown up in a very judgmental family and it wasn't until I started my coach training that I realised that I was running my whole life by shoulds. Mm. And then I started to do some work on it and change the language as a starting point. Um, and I used... A, I used the mood of wonder and curiosity mm. to start saying, I started saying, what if I did this? I wonder what it would be like if I did this. This might be really interesting to do. I might give this a try. Mm. Or, and then if I really didn't want to do something, if I really felt like I was obligated to do it, but deep down in my heart and soul, I didn't want to do it, I started to get better at putting up boundaries yeah and started to really tune into those boundaries and what they needed to be so giving myself time to pause before I responded to other people because that's the biggest thing for women right jumping in and saying yep I'll do that yes I'll be that person yes I must be here I must be there if I don't support them then I'm not a valued or valuable person in the world so for me it was about going pause walk away, don't respond, really think about this. How, how have you created this reality for yourself? Who is it that you truly believe you have to be here? Mm. And then when I figured out who I really truly thought I had to be, I started to release her because I didn't want to be her. Interesting. I yeah. wanted to be the person who put the boundaries up. I wanted to be the person who sometimes said no. But the, to do that, I had to be really clear about what it was that I was saying, what it was that I wanted to say no to. And so therefore I had to get very clear on my values and who I was as a person through in my heart and soul. And when I did that, it all started to change. What shifted for you when you started to do that? Um, expect, I, I think urgency, mm -hmm. the urgency that comes, the, cause there's an energy, right? Cause emotions, if we look at emotions as an energy, there's an energy that sits behind anticipation and expectation and having 
thinking that we have to do something or be someone. Mm -hmm. Right. So when I started to change that story, then the urgency went away. Yeah. And I was, yeah. And so I didn't feel that urgency. You know, when you feel something through your body and you know it's not quite right. Yeah, definitely. Well, for me, it was urgency mm. that was sitting in my body. And it was backed up by anticipation and mm. expectation. So that urgency went away and I started to feel more at peace. I started to feel more grounded. I had to do some work on being grounded too, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I started to be more sure of myself. And that's when, that's when I started to truly know who I was from the inside out. So that comes back to that, what I was saying earlier about really sitting in that, that certainty of who you are. If you really know who you are, then you know that you're sincere. Mm. yeah I can put myself on a scale of one to ten I can put myself pretty much most of the time between an eight and a ten now mm. in terms of sincerity but it wasn't always like that yeah amazing um and what hurdles have you personally faced and how have you overcome them I'll try and give you a couple of analogies would that be okay yeah of course I'd love that okay so, so there, what am I going to share with you? There's a couple that come to mind. Um, okay, so there was this moment in high school. So at high school, give you, give you an example, I was just such a disruptive child in high school. Mm -hmm. I did everything I could do to disrupt the classroom and annoy the teachers and, yeah, yeah. get out of doing what <laughs> I needed to do. I used to wag school all the time. I was not a model student at all. Yeah. And so therefore, I used to fail classes quite a bit. And from failing classes, I believed I was, was not smart. And I, unfortunately, I had had the experience of being told that I was stupid as I was growing up right. repeatedly. So anyway, there was this one defining moment in this, and it was when I was at work experience. Um, and a teacher, one particular teacher, Mr. Sheridan, was assigned to me. He was assigned to come and be my mentor or my support person. So he comes along to work experience and he tells me how well I'm doing. And he was really proud of me. Hmm. And I said to myself, well, that's really because I thought I'm never going to do clerical work. I can't stand it or hated the work that I was doing. But that didn't matter. Because what was important in that moment was that all of a sudden I was valued and valuable. And so I took that experience. I went back to school thinking, right, that's it. I'm going to try hard for Mr. Sheridan. So, so I sprained my ankle really ba badly playing basketball the week after that. And I had to be up in, I just had to be rest up in a chair at home with my foot up. Now, normally I would have just turned on the television and sat there all day watching television. But instead of doing that, I studied really, really hard for his class. No other classes, just his mm -hmm. class. And I got 96% Amazing. for that class. And he then went on to tell the whole classroom how poorly 
the whole class as a general rule had performed except for me. Yeah. And so it made me feel smart. It made me feel valuable and valued. So then I said to myself, I can do anything. I'm actually smart. This has proved it. Mm. So whenever that, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm stupid, had, had came up after that in the past, as it often did, reared its ugly head again, all I would need to do is go back to that defining moment with Mr Sheridan and say, no, you're not stupid, you're smart. Mm. You're actually smart. And he had evidence. I had evidence. He created that evidence. Mm -hmm. oh I love that analogy (laughs) I really that's that's so useful and it just shows because uh I mean I've had had moments where many moments where I felt like not good enough or you know that I can't do something and then if people perpetuate those like assessments or stories you know other people as well like I've believed them and you it can be a spiral a downward spiral and this example is a perfect example of really shifting that and working through that in and stepping mm. into your power um, and what is possible when you do that and when you change your story mm. absolutely uh, and, and, and you know it's really interesting because I didn't it, I didn't always feel valued or valuable after that time. There were still times where I was trying to look for something outside of myself to make me feel good about myself. Mm. And then I had another defining moment that, that where all of a sudden I realised, I won't go into the story because it's probably too long, but in this particular analogy, I all of a sudden realised, hang on a sec, you don't have to look for someone outside you to value you. That's got to be intrinsic. Mm. So I had never grown up believing that I was valuable. So I wasn't shown, I wasn't taught or had it demonstrated to me, unfortunately, that your value comes from something within you. Mm. So I had to learn that lesson myself. Mm. By all means, if you feel called to, if you feel called to share it, um, you're welcome to. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Got time? Okay. Yeah, sure. So I was sitting listening to this song. So anyone who's... Um, born in the uh, 60s or 70s, might remember this song. Um, It's called Never Be the Same by Christopher Cross. Okay. And and one night I was listening to it um, and I'd had a couple of glasses of wine, right? I'm I'm sitting on my own, having a really nice sing-along to a couple of glasses of wine. And I had this real, I had this sadness because I'd had a, a person that I'd dated when I was, you know, in my, when I was about 19 and I always, that memory of him kept cropping up to me for 20 or 25 years after and how warm I felt for the love that we had. And in that moment, I actually realised that the reason why I did things and I strove to achieve was because of him because he valued me because he always used to say to me things like you're you're an amazing person you can do anything you want and you could and and he just used to edify me lift me up all the time Mm. and so that was the solidifying of that earlier experience so right there in that moment I actually solidified no nothing outside of me from now on Mm -hmm. I am valuable and it's coming from me 
It comes from me internally. It doesn't come from some other person. But it was a very good lesson about how I had, because I was searching to be good enough. Mm. Searching to be the human that I I thought others wanted me to be. But now all of a sudden, I didn't need to do that anymore. I could really release it, really let it go and say, you know what? No. Yeah. This is who I am and this is who I want to be. Mm. And because external validation, um, like it, 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 it's useful and it can make you feel good, but really it can be in some ways dangerous and because you put everything onto that instead of coming from within, starting within and holding that. Um, strength on your mm. own from yourself. So mm. I'm really grateful that you shared that and that distinction be- um, between like having that validation from someone else versus like owning it yourself. Mm. It's yeah, it's really yeah. Th- and there can be no trust in yourself. There can't be any in it. You can get there's very little I find inner trust when you're always trying to validate yourself from something external mm-hmm. yeah um and what what makes you feel inspired or like your best self mm-hmm. what makes me feel inspired i'm inspired this is what what normally people who come and coach with me are those women who really, really desperately want to want to change that story. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily know what the story is, and I can help them through that. But I'm actually inspired by them committing to themselves every single day. Because, yeah, you know, that inspires me. I'm inspired by the human, human soul, to be honest. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are you curious about right now? I'm curious about I'm curious about the age of enlightenment and where we're t- where it's taking us as a human race. Yeah, I'm actually yeah, I'm totally curious about where this world is going to be in 10, 20, 30, 40 or 50 years time. And I want to hang around to see that because mm. I think we've, we've made huge leaps and bounds, huge strides in, in humanity and, and, and the world itself um, over thousands of years. And I also recognise that we've still got a long way to go and that's why we wrote this book because it's about, okay, there is still epidemic inequality, but we don't have to be bound up by that. What we can do is be learners and and then take that learning and create new realities around that. So Mm. I'm actually curious about where all that goes. What would you love to see unfold in that? I would love to, that's a really good question. And I would really, really truly love to see that men knew who they were from the inside out, that they could empower themselves and sit in their masculinity and all also have that show that feminine softer side to themselves without mm-hmm. feeling threatened. Yeah. And that women could also do the same thing, that they could actually be as feminine as they wanted, but at the same time um, tip the balance 
tip the balance so that their beautiful, creative, intuitive self can come into their own power mm. or empowerment. Yeah, and I think, you know, I've seen some snippets of that and little, like, small parts of that, but there's still such a long way to go to really have that accepted in society and embodied. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. It's, it's interesting times, isn't it? it? It sure is. It really is. Um, and what's your favourite book and why? In just a few words. Okay. So I've got a book called... Um, it's not in my room, so I can't, can't reach it right now. So I've got to remember that. It's called The Little Book of Likey. Okay. Little Book of Likey. I'm not pronouncing that well. It's L-Y-K-E-E, I think, is Likey or Lyca or something. Okay. I'll, get, I'll get the details from you to put in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. so this, this book um, is written by... Anyway, it's in, it's in my book as well, by the way, because I like it so much that I've referred to it inside the book mm-hmm. we have, Laura and I. And it's, it's written by a guy um, by the name of Mikey, someone I cannot even remember his name, his full name, but all I know is that that book shows people how he's done a lot of studies around what humans do to connect, how they connect and what's meaningful for them in their connections and their communities. And that whole book is, is really around this philosophical notion that um, people need connection and you know this is how we can build a better world around connection so he's in the studies he's um, gone into different countries um, and he's um, found out how people in those countries behave with each other and so forth and the whole book is just beautifully illustrated it's hardcover um, and it really inspired us to to put some images in our book as well and try and inspire people to be lifted up rather than, and really think of the possibilities. And that's the way I see that book is it shares loads of different possibilities for people. Mm, I've never yeah. heard of it. So I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah and so there's a couple of fun questions I'm going to throw in now, as well as some, some real ones that I, I think are really full of possibility. Um, so, room, desk, or car, which would you clean first? Oh, room, desk, or car? Room. Mm-hmm. Um, and what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, gosh. I would love to sing and act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, and on a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? <laughs> well, depends on how you define weird. I'm pretty weird. Some, I mean, I'm all over the place sometimes, and I love that. I embrace that in myself. So maybe a six. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um. And what do you wish you'd known when you first started out? In the business as a as a coach and a speaker, mm-hmm. you mean? Ever what I would know? Yeah. Um. I wish I'd known that the world needs all of us. Oh, that hit my heart. <laughs> <laughs> that hit my heart. Yeah. 
Um, and so what would you say to that, that, that version of Jeanette just starting out? What would you say to her? I would say to her, you're already valued and valuable. Just by being born and being on this earth makes you valued and valuable. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you've got to share that. It's your responsibility to share that with the world. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I'm, feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling that so deeply. I really yeah. am. Um, and if you could remove all barriers and constraints, what project would you work on and want to be known for? Oh, wow. I would want to um, build a community that was self-sustaining, that everybody was, that where everyone in that community was valued, everybody had their roles and that it doesn't matter who you are. It, not an equal community, but a community where, where everybody was involved mm -hmm. in maintaining that sort of homeostasis of that community. So we have to be able to, you know, keep moving forward. Everyone has a role in that. Mm. When the community gets stagnant, everybody gets a say in why they believe it's getting stagnant. And then in that community, this is like a virtual world, so to speak, there is deep respect and legitimacy of every single person in that space. Mm. Oh. Um, and what's the best compliment you've ever received? You're a really inspiring speaker. Mm. Um, and what's one thing your work has done for a client that you didn't expect? Oh, yeah, wow. Oh, gosh. Uh, a beautiful soul that I coached once. She, they've had quite a few, um, but this particular woman um, had loads and loads of debt and um, she was an American and she packed up after we'd been, we worked together for five months, mm -hmm. six months. And we had five, we only had monthly conversations, okay, over six months. And at the end of that time, she had got her dream job on Mercy Ships and, she, and her and her husband shipped themselves off to Texas so that she could do her work. The whole, their whole world's changed. Wow. Yeah. And what does elevating your life and soul mean to you? I think what it means to me is, that's a good question. I think it means, it means allowing yourself and I could go into something quite philosophical here, but really it just means allowing yourself to be ever evolving and trusting yourself from within so that that's possible. So heart and soul is what's within you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So before I, um, before I get you to share how people can connect with you and stuff, 
just one last question. Is there anything you wish I'd asked but didn't? No, not really, except for maybe my speaking gigs. And, and that's something that you and I hadn't even talked about before this. Mm -hmm. So I'll mention it. But that's it. No, it was a great, it was a great interview. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm so glad. So, yeah, what are you offering right now and how can people connect with you? Okay. So they can connect with me on, in, on Facebook. I have a group called Women Beyond Boundaries. So they can come into that group and that community. Mm -hmm. um, they can connect with me via my website. And if they wanted to have a chat with me, obviously there's a form in there they can fill out or they can have a um, 30 minute free chat and I'll give them a hand to help them not get to know what's going on in their own way of being. My website is JeanetteMundy.com. Mm -hmm. um, if they're Brisbane based, they can come along to my meetups, connect with me on meetup. Um, in Women Beyond Boundaries. And so I do lots of speaking gigs and um, I really enjoy doing that. So I speak at other people's meetups and events. So, and how else can they connect with me? I think that's about it really. Oh, if they're interested in the book, go onto the Facebook page, Power In Your Pocket. Okay. Okay. Yep. And connect with us there and Instagram as well. There's an Instagram page, Power In Your Pocket. Perfect. Thank you so much. I've absolutely loved chatting with you. Yeah. It's been so valuable. I think a really, really valuable insight. So thank you. Um, and I hope you have a really amazing day. Thanks. Same to you. Thanks so much for um, taking the time to interview me, Marla. I've enjoyed it, every minute of it. Great. You're so welcome. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you like it, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you love this episode, please give it an honest review on iTunes and let me know what you loved and what you want more of. Your feedback helps me truly elevate the show into something that really serves you and allows me to keep pouring my heart and soul into it. This is for you. Let's rise together. And remember, know your value, know your worth. I love you, beautiful soul.